Today is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday launches us into Holy Week. And if, like me, you grew up in church, you probably know that Palm Sunday has, for decades and decades and decades, been Palm and Passion Sunday. Usually you get this kind of liturgical whiplash at Palm Sunday where you start with the palms and you're waving and it's a parade and boom, you've got the Passion Gospel story and you pivot into Holy Week. Well, here at St. Michael, we like to just do Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is really good. And the reason we're able to do just palms on Palm Sunday is because we have good attendance during Holy Week for people to experience the passion, especially on Good Friday. So don't prove me wrong. Y'all need to come and worship this week so we can keep doing just the Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is this day when we get a big parade. We get to kind of launch into Holy Week with this really high spirit, and it feels good. I love a parade, and I bet you do too. And today on Palm Sunday, we see that Jesus enters Jerusalem to this parade. There are lots of people who are already in Jerusalem, and they heard that Jesus was coming. Jesus has garnered a lot of attention. Jesus' acts, his teachings, his words have really made him popular. Jesus enters Jerusalem to this parade of palms, knowing that his popularity has crossed a line. Jesus enters Jerusalem knowing that he is just too popular. He knows that the end is coming. He knows that his life will be cut short very soon. And yet he enters Jerusalem with that parade anyway. This day, may seem like it's all positive and happy and joyful, but the joy is very deep. There is a joy in the parade that goes below the surface, knowing that God's purposes, God's work, will really be fulfilled in a way that very few expect. Now, when we look at Jesus, I think an easy question might be for us to ask, why would people have wanted him killed in the first place? Now, we know the basics of this story, right? We know Jesus is there and he's teaching and he's garnering a bit more popularity. And at some point that crosses the line, he says some stuff that the people in power don't like. And so they ultimately hand him over and he is executed. Then he is buried. Then he resurrects. On goes Christianity from there. We know the basics of this story, but how often do we actually stop and ask, why? Why execution? What really was Jesus's issue that got him executed in the first place? Now, the way the gospel stories tell it, we could draw a few conclusions, but I think the one common thread of conclusion we can draw around Jesus is that he simply challenged the people in power more than they liked. Jesus challenges those around him. And challenge equals change. And the people who were in power did not want to change because they liked being in power. They liked the control they had, the influence they had, the authority they had. And as Jesus challenges the way of life that was so good for them, they decide pretty quickly they don't like this guy anymore. Jesus' challenge impacts not only those in the first century, but impacts us today. Jesus challenges us, if we are willing, 
to live differently than we do, to act differently than we do, to prioritize and give differently than we do. And those kinds of nudges and needling and stretching and pulling and forming really makes us uncomfortable if we are honest. We like when Jesus kind of stays in his lane as a nice guy. We like Jesus healing people. That sounds good. We like Jesus telling nice stories of nice people. That's good. But when Jesus begins to push us off of our comfort zone, then we take issue. Jesus, staying in his lane, helps us stay comfortable. But when Jesus begins to point out the problems with how we live, we find that we might be a bit more like those in power in Judea in the first century than we like to admit. When Jesus begins to claim the full authority of God to actually tell us how we should and should not live, how we should fulfill the purposes of our creation, then Jesus begins to rub a little bit the wrong way. Now, all of this rests in our own power. Power is tricky. We know that the powerful back in the first century are the ones that ultimately put Jesus up to have him executed, to get him out of the way. What if I were to say to you, you, me, us, we are very powerful. Now, I know many of you, and some of you would say, yes, yes, we are. But many of you would actually try to be demure and kind of shrug that off like, oh, no, not too powerful. But if we are honest, we have a lot of power. We have a lot of agency. We get to make a lot of choices about how we live our lives. Let's be honest. We get to decide basically where we live, the kind of work that we do, maybe where our kids go to school, what we eat for dinner, where we go on vacation and when, and so on and so on. We've got a lot of power. Now, we can become very used to what we have, that power, that authority, and that control. And if we're too comfortable with it, if we are too invested in that power, then Jesus' message can stay in the lane of nice instead of allowing Jesus to cross out of that lane, to jump over into our world and shake us and change us for the good. When we put Jesus in a little box that we are comfortable with, we don't get the power of God's transformation. Now, there's a line in today's gospel lesson that kind of hit me, and it's something we can pass over really quickly if we don't take a little time to attend to it. There's one line here where after Jesus enters and you've got the palms and the donkey and the colt and all the other parade stuff, John says, his disciples did not understand these things at first. We are, if we have studied the Bible, familiar with the disciples kind of missing the point very often. But how many of us find that we also often miss the point of Christ? See, we don't like the idea that we might misunderstand stuff. 
We don't like that we may not understand the whole complex truth of God in Christ because we like to think that we are smart and we are able and we understand. And yet, Jesus' disciples did not understand these things at first. We did not get where we are by doubting ourselves. And so by entering into the vulnerability of acknowledging that we don't actually understand everything about God in Christ is a position we don't often take. And yet, we've come together in this church, in this community, in order to enter into a humility in our faith, in order to enter into, to be bold enough and brave enough to acknowledge we don't know everything. We don't know everything there is to know about God, about how God wants us to live in the world, how God wants us in this community to live in the world and impact the world and bring about God's purposes in the world. We have been for these Lenten weeks Walking through our baptismal covenant, these promises that we make in response to God's love for us, each week we've taken one of those individual ideas. Now we begin to make a shift. We begin to shift from those individual promises of our baptismal covenant into the ways that those individual promises take shape in community. Community is really what a church is all about. We are more than just a gathering of individuals in this church. In Christ, we become something more than the sum of our individual parts. In order to actually enter into community, we have to be willing to not get our way all the time. That is the kind of humility Christ calls us into. The idea that we don't understand everything all the time, the idea that we don't get what we want when we want it, is really for us countercultural. We have power. And we very rarely are put in situations where we do not have control. Here, in this community, we are invited into a way of being that is deeply sacred and deeply holy that gets under the surface of the human identity that we have all created for ourselves that is so strong and so confident and so perfect into the mess and the problems and the misunderstandings of who God created us to be. We take those individual promises and we throw them together in this big pot we call a church in order to become the body of Christ on earth the way that God wants us to be. There is a vulnerability in that moment. There is a new kind of sacred strength when we realize we don't know everything there is to know on our own. The idea of community sounds good. We are praying together and worshiping together because we believe at some level 
that community makes us better. But as we begin this Holy Week, I want us to actually wrestle with the idea of what community means for us. At some point, every one of us, when we commit to this community, has to give up something that we wish we had, or we want, or we want to be. Perhaps being a part of a community challenges us to give and serve more than we think we can, more than makes us comfortable. Perhaps being part of a community has us choose to act in ways we would not have chosen to act, otherwise stretching us and changing us in the process. Being a part of community has us doing things like wearing face masks, even if we've been vaccinated, because we care enough about the other to change how we behave. See, the story of Christ, the story that we will walk once more this week, is one anchored in humility, in grace. Christ gives us an example of purpose and mission that goes well beyond just what we see in front of us today or this week or this year. In Christ, we find that humble position that calls us into something so much more than we can ever imagine on our own. Today, we heard just the beginning of that story. Today's gospel lesson in the Gospel of John comes right smack in the middle of the entire story, and we're on Palm Sunday. There's a whole lot left to unpack the story of Christ's gospel. We need the whole story. We need the whole holy story every year. And this week, we get that whole holy story once more. This is just the beginning. We want you to travel this way with us this week, to remember the story that changed the world forever, the story that can continue to change us as individuals and us as a community. So don't stop with today. Don't just jump to Easter, but join us. Be with us every step of the way. Be open and vulnerable to the way in which Christ can continue to mold and transform us. And I bet you will be surprised about what can happen. Every week, every day this week, you've got a chance to be changed a little bit more. And I hope you will join us along the way. Amen.